0: Thought Leaders, Storytellers and Griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. It seems to me that uh, today is also a day of conversation around the environment. And we're focusing on the oceans, we're focusing on water. Now, the PepsiCo Foundation recently announced a series of programs that are going to bring much-needed access to water and sanitation for thousands of people in South Africa. And they're focusing on four projects. The one, they're going to go into partnership with the National Business Initiative, the NBI, to focus on the rollout of foot-operated standpipes and hand-washing stations in the Eastern Cape. The second one is the Save Our Schools, SOS, also the Cape Town-based and education-focused not-for-profit. The third is in partnership with the Water Research Commission, which is the WRC and focuses on the installation of low-pore flush toilets. And the fourth is the Worldwide Fund for Nature Conservation, WWFSA. And that focuses on bringing water, water access, hygiene practices to areas in the northern part of the Eastern Cape. On the line with us is Justin Smith of the WWFSA. Justin thank you so much for joining us
1: good morning Michelle thanks very much for the opportunity
0: Justin I have to kind of jump in and say that the WWF has has changed its kind of focus slightly or expanded its focus just explain that to us briefly
1: yeah certainly Michelle I think people often think about us as a kind of wildlife focused organization which was a reality maybe 20, 30 years ago. But we work across really big sort of ecological areas, water, climate, um, marine conservation, looking at protected area and biodiversity protection. And, you know, for a country like South Africa that's got a number of challenges from a water perspective, it's really important to also match that with opportunities to, you know, bring livelihoods and economic um, opportunities to communities that are part of this process.
0: So... The particular project that you're doing with the PepsiCo Foundation, talk to us about it.
1: Sure. So this is located in the Matatiel area in the um, Eastern Cape. And what we've really found through through our work in, in the strategic water source areas, which are the, the kind of key catchments that provide much of South Africa's water to our towns and cities, is we've got a lot of problems in terms of alien infestation from a plant mm. perspective. Um, there's Poor issues Jackson around things like saltation. Um, and the only way to fix it is not at kind of the end of the line once you get, you know, to tap in the city. It's actually got to be trying to preserve the ecological infrastructure that provides that water, and that's got to be a partnership with the communities that also need the, the kind of water and, and other services that are providing those landscapes. So I think this is a really interesting area because it's, it's kind of a microcosm of South Africa. It's five or six hours away from any of the bigger cities, so it's not always that easy for you know governments and others to, to be able to provide access um, to each village and each community, and, and you know in the way that we have sort of piped infrastructure in our homes. So I think it's about using the assets we have within, within nature. So we're trying to rehabilitate natural springs that allow the communities to you know have clean water access close to where they live. Um, and it's within a broader landscape where we're also trying to protect the, the kind of key upper catchment. Um, we've got six traditional authorities that have su- signing into um, protection about 50,000 hectares. They'll still be using that area for their kind of livestock management in a very sustainable way. But it will be, you know, hopefully continuing to produce water for all of the, the sort of broader catchment for, for the rest of time, basically.
0: You know, Justin, I wanted the opportunity to do with you guys um, the From Source to City Hike, which obviously was moving from the source of water, in that particular case it was in the Drakensberg, down as it moved through various different spaces and geographic areas to the city, and in this particular case it was Howick. And one of the things that really struck me was around the citizen scientists that you were working with, young people from all sorts of diverse communities who were engaging. And I'm particularly thinking of a couple of young women who were working in the streams looking for uh, a natural plantation and also small insects, who really meant that if they were there, then it really meant that the water was clear. Are you working with young people like that in this particular program?
1: Absolutely. We've got a a number of um, young interns through South African National Biodiversity Institute program who are part of this.
0: Yeah.
1: And we're also trying to train young people in the community around kind of small business opportunities that relate to ecosystems as well, whether it be beekeeping, whether it be using, you know, plants that have been, alien plants that have been cleared to produce charcoal. We've got a really exciting project that will be the first in Africa to actually certify that charcoal um, through the Forestry Stewardship Council. So hopefully creating a value chain that means, you know, there's there's better job creation opportunity and also a value that's placed to these Absolutely. sort of systems and, and services from nature.
0: Justin, you talk about the alien plants and the clearing of alien plants. I recently had a fascinating um, experience of seeing how there are certain alien plants, and I think it was the Port Jackson. I stand to be corrected. It could have been something else. But how there are, in fact, um other uh, bugs or viruses that can be planted into the alien plants to kill them off. Are you working in those kinds of spaces as well?
1: Yeah, we, we're working across South Africa, so each of the different areas has obviously got different plants that are a problem from an infestation perspective. So, yeah. you know, it's a combination of the sort of traditional cut down and clear method. It's using biological That's, opportunities, like you yeah. say, whether it be particular bugs. It's, it's sometimes about using chemicals in a very safe way. Um, and really trying to figure out what's the right combination to prop, you know, stop that spread. So it's, there's, yeah, lots of interesting innovation and at the same time it's a very job intensive, um, kind of practice. So it, it's great to be able to try and create jobs in rural communities, you know, while at the same time benefiting the environment.
0: So as you say, there's a huge opportunity in the environmental space and the green space in terms of work creation, job creation, and certainly a greater greater awareness amongst young people.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, what the message we really have been trying to push is that we need physical infrastructure investment, definitely in South Africa, but it's a lot cheaper and, again, a lot more job-intensive to try and protect our ecological infrastructure and i think that's why it's also you know important that we we have partners from a funding and a kind of project implementation side like pepsico and other corporates who realize that you know that inf- that investment is really going to pay off and is a really valuable part of their programs as well
0: i want to take that uh, idea a little bit further we talk a lot in this show about shared value which talks to uh, people over profit or people and profit, obviously. And I imagine that uh, the PepsiCo Foundation, this is something that really does talk to it. I mean, there's no point in saying, well, we're going to just sell more product if, as you say, the value chain is completely destroyed and no one can uh, afford those products and they don't live healthy lifestyles and they don't get clean water, for example.
1: Absolutely. Um, What we've seen with PepsiCo and a few of the other kind of organizations that's the food and beverage space, is that they really have put very you know big replenishment targets in place? So basically, recognizing that their value chains depend on water, and they want to put more water back into the environment than they're actually taking out of the system to produce their product. And I think that you know that's a really great level of responsibility that we like to see from the corporate sector that they're, they're you know taking that accountability and putting money back into the the systems that provide products for them as well. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, this is creating. Improved um, access to water for communities who don't necessarily have that at the moment, and those job creation um, kind of projects within the the, the border program.
0: Justin, in closing, um, when one thinks about a rehabilitated or a clean stream, there's so many images that come to mind, and I wonder if you could describe for us what a beautiful clean stream can look like.
1: I think particularly in these, you know, sort of high mountain areas. It's it's something that's got natural life in it. It's something that the community can, you know, get water from very easily. It's that their livestock can drink from it without any issues around water quality as well. It's one that's not infested with waste and, you know, pollution that's affecting the water quality. And I think one that, you know, it's really that image of of bending down on your knees, putting your hand in the water and being able to actually drink. And I think maybe many of us have had those experiences when we've been hiking and, and sort of mountainous areas or places like that. So Mm. we want to make sure that's possible for the next generation of South Africans too.
0: Justin Smith, thank you so much for joining us. Justin is the Head of Business Development at WWF South Africa, WWF standing for the Worldwide Fund for Nature, and not just focusing on wildlife, but focusing on the environment in a much broader way. And they're going to be working on... uh, Improved water access and hygiene practices in Matatiela in the northern part of the Eastern Cape and a key component is the rehabilitation of natural springs, working with young people and ensuring in many ways that that they become citizen scientists in their own right. And I have to say, I just had the opportunity recently of going hiking and we'll be featuring that uh, interview, series of interviews next week in the Western Cape. And one thing that really struck me was the amount of fresh water that was pouring off the mountain at the time. And when you looked down onto the Tierwater Dam, which is in the area that I was hiking, it was filled with water and also that beautiful Coca-Cola colored water and what it means to take a great and wonderful sip out of it.